Hello, and thank you for joining me. This is the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I am your host, Dexter Kearley, and I've got a pretty fun um, conversation for you today. Um, Rachel Edwards, my guest today, is um, she's a local artist, local uh, Amarillo-based artist. She's done some really cool... She has the back alley... um, it's called the Back Alley Gallery. That's really cool. And uh, she also has a piece going up in Six Car Brewery. There's a big mural that she's painting. She was a really interesting guest. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, we had, I think this episode, just the dialogue, just us talking, was an hour and 40 minutes. So probably my longest podcast. But I had a buddy a while back. Tell me he thought that I should just start just going as long as it goes, you know, and uh, not worrying about the time. And I don't really have a limit necessarily. The, the My only limitation on how long I make these things is how long my audience listens. So uh, if you have an opinion, if you have feedback on that, let me know. Uh, every little, little bit of feedback helps. Um... Uh, so let me jump into some announcements real quick. I don't have much, and as you can probably hear in the background, uh, we're getting ready for dinner. Uh, I was just wanting to record this quick intro so that I could get this podcast up. Um, so uh, again, um, a couple podcasts back, uh, I had Coben Puckett on, uh, and he's having a the Coben Puckett Invitational here in Amarillo, Saturday, August 4th at 7.30. Uh, I'm planning on being there. Uh, I think you should plan on being there too. It goes for a great cause. Um, it's helping him in his recovery, offsetting some of the financial costs. But uh, also, it's kind of interesting because any any dollar or penny spent on on Coben getting better is a dollar spent towards overall. Uh, progression in the understanding of spinal cord injuries as well as the treatment and you, you know each each uh, spinal cord injury or any injury or any sickness for that matter is an opportunity for doctors to get better uh, for you know Coben works with a couple of uh, physical therapists and they're they're learning as they work with him they're learning how to help people get better uh, so Really, any penny spent getting him better is uh, an educational process for countless amounts of people. So that's a cool thing to support. Um, I want to hype it and try to get as many people out there as possible because he's a good dude. And it's going to honestly be a really fun event. Um, if you've never been to a rodeo, it's something to see. Just the uh, it's, it's something to see heroes being doing something heroic. Uh, something that's dangerous takes a lot of courage to get on get on a bull and ride a bull um and it's uh and it's a just a cool historically relevant activity in the panhandle so kind of cool definitely check uh that out um in the future i'm hoping in the next month or two to get together to get another panhandle podcast meetup together which is just for fans of podcasts, 
not necessarily fans of this podcast. Although, hopefully, if you're a fan of podcasting in general or listening to podcasts, you're listening to this. Hopefully, you're listening to this now. But the event really is for um, just the just the general podcasting community, people that listen, uh, get you together with people to share. I constantly, anytime I get to talking to somebody about podcasts and I ask them what podcasts they're listening to, they're typically there's they'll throw out maybe a couple of big ones that I know, like the Joe Rogan experience, or they'll throw out like Freakonomics or something like that. But then there's also the, all these other podcasts that I never even knew existed. So it's cool for me. I like podcasting, just the form of it. Uh, granted, there is not really a form to it because it can come out like this, like I'm doing. Um, or it can be really well put together like Freakonomics or, you know, shows or like This American Live oh, really produced well. So uh, all that being said, I'm looking for suggestions, um, not only of like where to do it, uh, a venue to host it, um, but also just, I don't know, throwing it out there. I, w- I want it to be more of a community thing versus me doing it so if anybody has any opinions or any thoughts or any suggested dates um throw them at me uh if nobody gives me any feedback then i'm just going to do what i want to do um which is probably what's going to happen um but that's that's cool with me it's what i want so it's me getting my way um anyway uh so Panhandle podcast meetup, suggestions for location, suggestions for activity, um, just let me know. Hit me up. Uh, and then, so, also, check out my face. I have a Facebook page, Panhandle Primate Podcast. Uh, Facebook, whatever, just search it on Facebook, it'll pop up. Join that group. I'm trying to post uh, events and things that are happening locally in the area, as well as just interesting stuff. So hit me up with that, uh, or hit me up there. Also, uh, comment or subscribe on iTunes. That helps, uh, especially like so somebody might have a podcast that they're looking at, and then they click to related podcasts, and the more uh, reviews or stars or whatever that you get, the, the higher you go up that list. So that's a way of like getting people to listen that maybe haven't heard of the podcast before. It's just a way of like making it more prominent, I guess. So that'll help me out if you don't mind jumping over there and doing that. Um, Tell your friends about the podcast if it's something that you're enjoying. Um, Check out my website, uh, Panhandle Primate dot com or actually panhandleprimate dot squarespace dot com. Um, I uh, am hoping to post some short stories soon. I've been working on a couple, but I've got a couple short stories up. I also added a new section uh, called favorite podcast episodes, and they're just different ones from the Joe Rogan experience to tangentially speaking to Duncan Trussell to think again uh big think podcast um all these different ones that i've enjoyed or somehow they settled on me you know it was like at the end of that episode i was like damn that's what podcasting is going to be known for in the future you know it's like the the number one hits 
that's my number one hits like list. So anyway, uh, check that out if you're looking for uh, new podcasts or cool podcasts. One of the things like a lot of people that go to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, for instance, he's got thou- he's got like. A lot of podcasts, hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. He's over a thousand podcasts, so it's difficult, uh, and you have to be careful. Sometimes you'll get on one, and it's just him and a comedian buddy smoking weed, and they're just joking the whole time. But then there's other ones where he has a scientist on, and it's real serious, and they talk about stuff, and they really get into politics or culturally relevant issues. So there's a spot for both of them, but um, like I said, if if you're interested in some of the um, more, uh, what I would say, more interesting podcasts, I've I've linked them there. So check that out. Um, other than that, I got nothing else for you. Pretty quick intro. Oh, damn. Still nine-minute intro. That's terrible. Um, but I think you'll really enjoy today's guest. She was a lot of fun, and we had a good conversation, and I'm sure we'll have another conversation in the future. Um, anyway, I am about to go eat dinner, so uh, I hope this podcast finds you doing well, and I hope everybody's enjoying themselves, and I hope everybody's striving for a better version of themselves. Uh, that being said, uh, here is Rachel Edwards. All right, um, thank you for joining me, um, Dexter Kearley. I'm here with Rachel Edwards. Uh, what is your Instagram handle? Uh, Rachel Edwards with paint. With paint. Okay, Rachel Edwards with paint. That's actually where I originally uh, connected the dots with your work. So um, just a quick little intro. I, I've, I've seen your work at the 806, right? Is, was that, is that um, the astronaut sword fighting? Oh, that, that was uh, Yellow City Street Food. Okay, so is that where I've seen all of your work, Yellow City? Uh, a lot of it, a lot of the street stuff. Also, Palace, um, okay, in, in Palace and Canyon. Okay, so like as soon as I got to your Instagram, mm-hmm. I remembered having seen all of yeah. these different, you know, pictures on the walls at different places mm-hmm. showcasing and selling mm-hmm. all those pieces. Um, and then selling some, <laughs> yeah, selling. Yeah. That's the point, I guess. The goal, the goal is to be selling them. Yeah. Um, which they're really cool. They're super dope. I really Thank enjoy you. the. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the style okay. of it in a minute, but um, where I really, the first time I came across your Instagram was uh, after a Hey Amarello podcast. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that one? Where, um, what is her name? Caroline Knees. Oh yeah. 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 From the Cerulean uh-huh. uh, Gallery downtown, Absolutely. she uh, was talking about your uh, let me see back alley gallery. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that was the first time because I'm always on the lookout for stuff to do with the wife in town, and um, sure. you know we try to make the uh, was it first Friday art walk mm-hmm. at Sunset Center, and I like just seeing new art, but because yeah. like, that's the thing is it's great going there, but you see the same art. Uh, typically you know people are putting up new stuff but predominantly so whenever i heard about this i was like man we gotta go check it out (laughs) uh and that's how i got onto your instagram and then i made the connections like okay i've Mm -hmm. seen her work uh various places uh so yellow city palace Mm -hmm. so is that is that the main places you hang your art here in emerald well i had had a while this is uh probably a few years now um where i was hanging in different places at different shows at a couple of process art house mm. um and, and that then, was like kind of downtown right 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, was it off it's of Washington like Van or Buren, Adams? Van Buren oh. and Seven, somewhere around there. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, yep. Um, and then I uh, had some friends that were in Sunset, and they had a little place off, you know, so I would do smaller shows there. Um, I did. I started actually changing, a little bit of a change, when I, I started doing some of the smaller venues like Palace or uh, Paper Crane and Canyon. Mm. And I was... Um, very figurative, very serious figurative painter. And when I started... Now, for of, the dummies around here, <laughs> when you say that, what 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 uh, what are you talking about, like figurative? Uh, well, mostly people in more or less real-life situations. Oh, okay. Um, and so if, sometimes you can say, you know, contemporary figurative or, or whatever, because I may push the ticket with what might or might not be mm. possible in this situation. But... Um, yeah, the, uh, all in acrylic on canvas and um, just what would be considered um, pretty much what you would get from a painter. So, oh, okay. Um, and I, but I started trying to, I like to, to think about stretching, stretching the bounds. And one of the biggest things that, that seemed to become a theme in my work was taking extremes, two extremes, and putting them to, together and see what happens in the middle. Mm. If you can make it work, sometimes the chemistry just doesn't work and it's a total failure. But um, so I actually started doing that within my own work, and I I would do things at a, a series called Paper Monsters, and it had childlike images, like really kid drawn art, really simple, straight to the point, very blunt, and I would put those into a, a long time consuming figurative piece. And put those together and kind of melded to. Yeah, which uh, people can go. Anybody who's listening to this, hop on the Instagram because those mm-hmm. are on the Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw, all, I saw, I think all the paper, mon- paper monster mm-hmm. series, and uh, yeah, it that it is interesting when you say that because it is you're putting two completely different styles together, mm-hmm. but almost like the juxtaposition of the styles is what makes the piece compelling to look at. Yeah, that's you know? that's the thing is that you. You know, so many so many times I think you have a certain style or a technique that you're using and there's really only one way to get to it when you're looking at the painting. And if you if you choose to do, um, you know, whatever your artwork is taking you, and mine is usually fairly dark. I do a lot of things anti-war and, and considering um, possibilities of people that are in much harsher situation. That's really hard to look at. You know, and it's really hard to, to really stay in that field for a while and take in what, what is being said. So having the childlike thing, that that contrasted black and white, it's just right there in your face. It mm-hmm. says what it says. It offers kind of a bridge into you can see that first. You get that part of it. It makes you a little more comfortable. And you can stay with that piece a little bit longer and then get what it's... Yeah, it's kind of like you, you have to process... Um, why the image is compelling. Mm-hmm. So like at first it catches the eye and it catches your attention mm-hmm. and then you really have to like almost, you have to engage at a deeper level to understand like, okay, mm-hmm. like what, why did this piece of artwork actually get a uh, a reaction out of my Ex- yeah. whatever, inner self or yeah. inner observer or mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, that is super cool. That's pretty, um, I'm trying to remember really where I was at on that question, just your artwork, right? Mm-hmm. And so your paper art uh, or paper monsters, mm-hmm. 
you made those into t-shirts and yeah that that was actually they they've been on quite a journey <laughs> um they've they've gone through a few transformations and um different reasonings and um one thing that that i did with those um they were kind of at the at the beginning of this really trying to mix things and and put those into a, a kind of style in itself and I had those in, in a show, in a solo show, in in a gallery, and it was um, it was fairly full, and so I started, that was where I started doing, I started throwing in spray paint, because I wanted mm-hmm. to see if I could bring that street art feeling and the spray paint and the rawness of it, pull it into the gallery, and mix those two extremes. So I started actually getting out into different realms of mixing, it mm. wasn't just with styles and techniques on on the painting. It was actually pulling people out and taking the viewing arenas and um, the experience itself and mixing those two together. Right. So that's actually where I started into things like Yellow City and, and Palace. I started feeding those the spray mm. paint because people started really taking a liking to them. They were right. interesting. So now um, I assume you're classically trained? Or uh, like, no, what, actually, what's your train? No training? No, I'm actually self. self oh, really? Yeah. Okay, because I oh, your acrylic stuff, mm-hmm. and and the fact like, um, it seemed like there was there's like a almost an a homage esque style, mm-hmm. like you know, it's like, um, if I were to intentionally write like Hemingway, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like so that's why it was. I that's assumed perfect. I assumed that you were maybe like trained in it. So you just you just were you naturally talent like artistic? Uh, well, I it's it's funny. My uh, both my parents are jazz musicians, so hmm. I come from a uh, which instruments? Family. What do they play? Uh, my mother was a singer and an MC, and she of course she could play piano too. She was she was taught, and my dad was uh, a bass player predominantly. Okay, and, and did all of the. Um, all the charts for their... They had a big band. Oh, in, here in Amarillo? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, were they called, a touring band? Oh, yeah. Or, it was called really? Tiffany Brass. Okay, Tiffany Brass. So, yeah. And they, they were all around the area. They um, At one time, I think they were booked three years in advance for New Year's. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they were kind of a thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, what, qu- what do you think about this uh, jazz bar going in downtown and stuff? Or Oh, I'm glad to see it. I'm yeah. glad to see it. You know, um, I like the fact that I don't want things to be included for the sole purpose of something else. So I like the addition of it. Um, mm. uh, I like the fact that you can either go to, you can hear country, you can hear rock, you can hear, yeah, and you can hear jazz. You can go to a jazz club. Yeah. So, yeah, that that is very cool. Mm. I like seeing that. Yeah, that, that little square down there, um, what is it, Polk and 6th? Is that? Probably, yeah, around seventh? the 6th and 7th, yeah, 8th. Like, it, that whole little area is like pretty exciting for for what it's going to eventually be mm-hmm. you know like the whole it's almost like the way i'd like describe amarello to somebody from the outside is that there's all these like little cool things happening yeah. all over the place yeah you know and and some of them are community movements um like uh like a the vegetable uh what is it square mile vegetable oh yeah nuke, yeah nuke city nuke city yeah and or like so there's all these like little things that are completely independent mm-hmm. that are all kind of happening at the same time and going and then um you mentioned earlier that you were part of like an art group 
when like back oh this is uh before the interview started for the listeners but <laughs> yeah. w- what was that back in the day that you yeah, were the, um, with john revet and yeah that was alka um emerald league of contemporary artists okay and it was just a group of uh artists um i guess probably mostly somewhere around 20s and 30s um that uh and of course the amazing scott hyde was actually that's why I, I got to actually brush elbows with him you know yeah um, it was fantastic. There was just, the artists were so varied. You know, you had everything from, uh, you had political art and you had abstract and you had, um, uh, Brian Busey was, was doing a, a kind of Jackson Pollock, um, kind of stuff. It was just amazing. And, and, you know, John Rivette and, um, Billy Lofton and, um, Jacob Breeden and they they just, there was a ton of, of um, I guess, just creative juices going. I thought it was just a fantastic time. And it kind of felt, to me, it was almost like, because I'd always wanted to get to New York and, and have the whole experience. You know? And it, it felt like we were kind of doing that because we were pushing new things that were much more progressive than, than were just the norm in the area. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was being, I thought, it was being well-received, you know, and... Um, so that was a really, that was just a great experience. I'm glad I had that. Yeah, that is cool. Well, it's always funny to me because it doesn't, it seems like Amarillo, all of the movements, whether it be music or art, it, it's a bunch of individuals coming together. It's mm-hmm. never like a cohesive, like you were saying, everybody has their own style. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's almost um, <laughs> to say like uh, Amarillo has like a style, you know, yeah. or like even if you're speaking artistically or mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons I've always um, felt drawn towards like graffiti art. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watched the Banksy, uh, what was it, Exit Through the Gift yeah. Shop. And, yeah. you know, like I was just always like anytime I, I would find myself in Google searches just on the computer, just looking up all these different graffiti. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it almost reminded reminds me of Amarillo because each each artist, each style is completely different, yeah. but it's all one genre, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Which is kind yeah. of a cool... Uh, it is, because it's... it's um, it makes an entire group of individuals rather than just this great big thing. Like you know, blob. This, yeah, this one thing that that's all you get, and that's, you know, that's all that's there. You, you have all of this individual um, uh, technique and style and um, stuff going on like that. Um, even just, we kind of have a little bit of that here, um, you know, with within the graffiti world, the street art. I mean, you have writers, you know, that, that actually get out, kind of like Basquiat did really early on with just writing these phrases, fairly poetic phrases, and they sign it with, what, and it, they're just si- simply to make you think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have graph writers, you have... Um, all kinds of different um, things going, wheat pasting, all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's not usually seen, but it's it's obvious that that little there's a little piece of that coming here that everybody thinks it's just such big city stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you just have to look for it. You know, that's all there's to it. Do you think that uh, graffiti is like a backlash to advertising? Because like that's a that's an interesting question. One of the it things, uh, one of the questions I had for you was like, so 
I, I don't get to choose the advertising that I see whenever mm-hmm. I drive down I-40 or when yeah. these billboards or people signs or whatever. It's just boom. It's there. Yeah. It's like almost like I wouldn't go so far as to say it's an invasion of my privacy. Yeah. But it's like almost an invasion of like public area, you know? Yeah, it certainly feels like that. And you don't get to choose to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you don't get to choose its effect on you. Like, yeah. why did I go with Coca-Cola over Pepsi? <laughs> well, maybe I'd seen like six Coca-Cola billboards <laughs> on my yeah. drive, you know? Yeah. But that's why I, that's one of the other things I really like about uh, street art mm-hmm. is almost like you don't get to... it. You can't censor it out of your vision. Yeah. Because it's just in these like you know obscure spots that you wouldn't you're not looking for art to be there so when you just see the art there you know that's that's exactly a point that i that i liked that ended up being part of the back alley gallery was that um was part of street art being the fact that it uh it it is where it doesn't belong it seems to belong where it's not supposed to be you know it shouldn't be there but for some reason, it's everybody accepts it that right. it's there, and that oh yeah, that's there, that's graffiti, that whatever, and it's not this massive. It doesn't it doesn't pull out this um, kind of emotional response of oh my god, that shouldn't you know? It's literally part of the landscape. Mm-hmm. You have people that take their their pictures in front of a great wall, or you know, um, and so there's this kind of. I don't know. I think there's there's a, a lot to think about there where it's kind of um, settled into people and there's a comfort there with something that shouldn't be. And part of that was was in... When I did Back Alley Gallery, that's another part of mixing two extremes together. And the one part was, was the gallery, the, the um, real attention to art itself. All of the lighting, the paint, everything is to do with art. And the the good side of the street art part was that it's completely inclusive you know with a gallery you kind of some people will go to galleries because they don't think they, they know what to do they don't feel like they're the, the people that that are supposed to be there um it's just not for them they they're awkward if they're how long do i look at it you know and with street art if you see it you're a part of the audience automatically so it's anybody and everybody mm-hmm. is included and there's no there's nobody that can be uncomfortable around it, you know. So that kind of what I, what I wanted to tap into was was putting that together. Well, seeing that, yeah, you know, granted, the reason that I was thinking about that was because of that. I was like processing because like that concept did jump out on me, like the mm-hmm. street, like back alley gallery, mm-hmm. and then you're doing it on cardboard, mm-hmm. right, with spray paint. And your last one was of the Sistine Chapel, right? Yeah. So what was the title of that? It was a that ceiling. Was without a ceiling. Without a ceiling, yeah. yeah, which is also beautiful. I mean, because you're in an alley. I mean, it was yeah. awesome. It was it was really cool, and, and I liked how it was at night, but you had the lights on it to where it was cool because it was like the, the art was art in itself, but it was almost like the presentation of the art put another layer to the art mm-hmm. itself. So the art is now the participant. You know, I mean, it, it, it starts to, experience. right, it starts yeah. to go up and, and yeah. get in, you know, and then it's like more of a visceral response yeah. to it, you know. There's, you know, I was thinking about that, it, it, there's really a fairly kind of zen quality to it, you know, where at, at one point, um, you, you, when you walk into the alley, 
and it's it's designed to be like that where you because this is just the way it is where the the art is on the wall you know it's there but you don't really fully take it in as being art or even being just there you're just kind of doing your thing um the walls are kind of just walls you're in an alley you're outside therefore it kind of it, it kind of lends itself to being this isn't going to be art because you're outside and you're, you're you know and you're in a place that you don't normally see art Mm-hmm. So there's that feeling, but the good side of it, it brings in that good side of it where it's very free, really raw, um, extremely open, and there isn't this level of what do I do here? I'm supposed to be doing something. It's mm-hmm. just you're there, and of course there's music that matches the you know everything, and so you're just there, and then as the light, the literally working off of the sun. When the sun goes down, um, all of the all of those pieces are hung with solar lights that I fabricated. They're hangers, and so the solar lights actually start coming on as the the sun goes down. And before you know it, you look around and it's nothing but art that you can see. Mm. So you realize you're in a gallery. Yeah. But you were, you know, you went from being this free, raw place of everything is fine. You you know whatever you're doing is works it's good you know you're you're where you're supposed to be then it's individual you can take pictures you, you know you with your friends and and then it turns into this whole nother area that you found yourself in and then it's not about the individual anymore it's where you are now you're still important and very relevant as being the audience you're part of something bigger but the the art has suddenly shown up as yeah. The, so like the inf- now the inf- reason is different. The um, the what it what is the word I'm thinking of? The uh, focus has shifted mm-hmm. from like everything being one light to just the things that are yeah. illuminated. In you other know? words, the individuality switched hands. Yeah. At first, everything is is all one thing in the alley. It's all art. It's all in the walls. And the individuals walking around, and you're with your friends, and and I'm here in the alley. You know whatever. When that sun goes down and the lights start coming up, it switches individuality. Now the individuals, it's it's in the artwork. Yeah, it's hanging on the walls. Piece. Yeah, and now cool. the audience is one big thing where you're yeah. in an experience. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've I've wanted to make it out, but having a two year old has not been the yeah. the most uh, conducive. I can, understand that. I can uh, understand that. Which he's getting a lot better <laughs> now. You know, now we can actually talk to him. He's like sure. actually communicating a little bit. And, <laughs> Well, we should be able to, but are you planning on doing more of the, those shows? Uh, yeah, I think we have one more. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to plan on one more this year um, because it, I do have other concepts. I've got other pieces that I'm working on. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of leaving it a little up in the air as far as any dates. Or have you thought about um, have featuring other artists? In, yeah, yeah, actually I did. I, I thought about... See, and this is where it kind of gets... Um, it gets real thinky in here, and I had to stop and think about it for a while. Um, I did want it, I wanted to open it up as a venue because after a while, um, you know, to to me, it's actually concept piece. This is a concept piece that I did with a show inside of it because the concept is what I just described. It it was mm-hmm. for the audience to be a part of that, and so for me, that part of it is over, and I've got other concepts and other things to build but I do I I love the aspect of having another venue for other artists Um, and and I would love for it to be really easy 
to, to do that, you know, but uh, the thing is, is that there's all kinds of other uh, things that you have to bring into question when you have all kinds of different artists being in the same place and, and doing their thing. Because one, you have to curate it because it has to, you want it to keep a standard. You know, you don't want it to just become a, a fair that happens mm-hmm. every now and then and, and whatever. There is a very definite reason for it to be there and, and its concept. And so you want to make sure that the standard is up there. And not, not just that, but I mean, it, you know, it does, it costs quite a bit to do it. Um, and so you, you'd have to think of fees and fees versus commission. I don't, I don't like to charge, I don't want to charge commission. I want the artists to be able to keep what they have. Um, but you have to figure out how to pay the bills as well. Right, yeah. Bills being, I mean, you know, um, Sam Marmaduke DJs as Rupert, the, he's Rupert the Duke. And so he, he does the alley, uh, the alley DJing for me. He's okay, kind of yeah. the official back alley guy. Well, you know, I recognize the name, but I couldn't think of the name. When then now that you say that, uh, I feel like I've met several Marmadukes. Hmm. Is he oh, part of a um, pretty yeah. pretty big yeah. family? Yeah. Maybe I've met him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And he, cool. you know, Sam plays all over the place here. He's. Does he played R and R. Yeah. Okay, I think yeah. that's where I've seen him play then. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I was. I think I've that's where I've seen. Yeah, him. and he was at Black Magic. Oh, okay. This year. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, yeah. So I, I'm sure I know, I know who he is. Then, mm-hmm. um, well, that's and cool. See, he, you know, that's a paying gig for him too. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, beer that comes out of this bay door, and it doesn't, you know, don't, you don't just open the door and then it just flows out. You know, there's mm-hmm. um, the guys from um, Yellow City. Uh, uh, not Yellow City, I'm sorry, uh, Don Cuban Bomb City Brewers are the ones that, that um, provide that. And it's craft beer. It's um, absolutely outstanding. People just can't wait for it, you know. Um, and so they're, they're making this, and they have supplies. And they, so and, and we even had a porta potty this last time. You yeah, know, oh, a yeah. Whole, you kind of have to. You, you have got beer, to. Yeah, yes. you've got to. <laughs> That's just, it's always one of those things where it's like, where's the John? Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's, yeah. you know, if I'm going to hang out. You can tote him five yeah. blocks away or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing that as I'm like aging. I never really knew that one. <laughs> you know, like whenever I was 18, yeah, I was always like, what, what's the deal? You know, like, and now as I'm getting older, I'm like, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah, like it's a, it's, it's a little bit, it's a thing. There's a little bit more of a pressing issue if you were, but, um, so okay, so like, where where did you get started? You you've lived here your whole life. Yeah, I, I was born and raised here, and and um, went to Paladero, and uh, I had a, I think, not being tras- uh, classically trained, I had a fantastic art teacher in high school, um, and that was uh, Tom James, we called him Coach, and um, he did so much in introducing me into I would give him a lot of credit for what I'm doing now and you know he would do things like he had he'd bring bodybuilder magazines to class and we could um, quote unquote check them out you know uh, kind of like a library we could he would let us take one home and I would I would do that all the time I'd draw everything in there because it even that was exaggerated they were you were learning the muscles and where they were and what flexed when what was moved. And, mm. um, it was really a massive training tool. And so, I, and I went through all of them. I went through all, drawing all of them all the time, which kind of showed up that I was becoming a figurative artist right from the very beginning there. Um, 
because I did people and situations and, um, and you know he taught me about um, framing and matting and um, entering contests and I, I actually got ki um, kicked out of a contest <laughs> it was one of those it's kind of like a U I can't remember what it was but it's kind of like UIL for artists mm -hmm. and I was 16 and um, I put in a piece and it was graphite I did a lot of pencil work but it was uh, supposed it was like an it was an angel but he and he was fairly covered but it came back uh, that, that he was too naked yeah he was um, I can't remember the word it, it was some wonderful word that they thought of you know um, that that they were not gonna let this in um, and of course I was crushed because it you know it took so much time and, and I was really really feeling it you know and and um and he said oh you you know this is just the beginning you know you, you can actually um have a little bit of pride that that you made a little bit of waves you know mm -hmm. and so that was kind of my introduction to, <laughs> to well it, it is funny like <laughs> to to offend which i guess maybe the people who were putting it on weren't necessarily artists yeah. but well, it's kind of like one know. of those things like anytime you're you it's almost like a like a comedian, mm -hmm. you know. Like you, if you offend a comedian, then they're not a real comedian. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like if you offend an artist, then they're not a real artist. Yeah, you know. That's the thing is that if you if you really put something in there and they say no, this is too something, you know, other than shock art. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had this uh, whenever I was in. I, I grew up in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I was there from eight to sixteen. Mm -hmm. And so my sophomore year of high school, we were in, I was in art class and it was like the funnest, probably the funnest class of my entire schooling career because mm -hmm. all of my buddies were in it. No, yeah. it was actually freshman year. It was freshman art and all my buddies were in it. It just yeah. happened that we all landed in the same class. And uh, one of the guys I wrestled with, um, he, I didn't really know he had an artistic bone in his body, you know, mm -hmm. and he wasn't really good at drawing or anything. But then we got to clay. Oh, and okay. and we were gonna make yeah yeah so we were all making little figurines you know and and there was gonna be I guess it was the same thing like a competition you know mm -hmm. well he made this badass little sculpture of a guy sitting on a toilet <laughs> like with the newspaper <laughs> yeah. open and his you know, the pants yeah. were down around his Fantastic. ankles and he had like a little toilet paper holder yeah. with the toilet paper coming I mean yeah. it was awesome yeah like it. It really blew like all of us away because it was really good, you know. It was like, dude, how did you do that? Well, they didn't let him put it out yeah. because the guy was sitting on a toilet. Inappropriate, I think. Yeah, is your favorite word. Yeah, it was inappropriate. <laughs> We're like, it's a little pile of clay. Like, yeah. how can you take offense? You know, that, but that's the thing is that you know, inappropriate content. I mean, how are you going to judge that? Really? Yeah, that's, that's fairly. Um, you know, that's fairly personal. I think it just depends on who's the judge at the time. Yeah, well, and it's interesting, too, because it's oftentimes the things that are the most basic or the most, like, it's a male figure yeah. as an angel. Mm -hmm. Like, that's been around. Everybody's seen that. It's yeah. Renaissance art was all, like, Absolutely. pretty much naked men, you yeah. know, in well, you angelic know, form. Even Michelangelo had problems with that. And he, he was painting a church, you know, mm -hmm. Sistine Chapel. They, um, they had... Uh, back then, they even had problems with uh, there were there was too much nudity. There was um, you didn't suggest that they were angels with because you didn't put wings on them. Um, 
and so they actually had other artists, uh, another artist come in and start kind of clothing mm. <laughs> here and there. Yeah. You know, so there's there's been inappropriate versus, you know, no, it's not for a yeah. long time. Yeah, that is super interesting. Huh, so that was that was high school. And yeah. so um, after you graduated, it sounds like you did art all four years, yeah, like I pretty kinda, seriously. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, actually, I... I was going into, um, when I was 16, um, I was approached by the newspaper to, to be an illustrator for what was then, they were coming up the the um, teenage section that was done by teenagers and mm-hmm. about teenagers in the area called Generation Y. And they were just starting it up when I was 16. And um, uh, Jamie Wilmarth, who was then Jamie Henry, called me up and asked if I wanted to, to do that. They, they were having kids uh, teenagers from area high schools to be the um basically be the the staff of this new thing so and i i i illustrated for them for six years from since i was when i was 16 to till i was 22 and i ended up having my own uh, comic strip it was called off the wall i got my own comic strip uh, you know and um so all of this is going on it kind of just it wasn't like okay, I'm done with high school now. What do I do with art? It just it was always going. I did T-shirt contests. I did logo designs. When I was in high school, I was doing logo designs for area restaurants, and um, I did I won like Race a Cop T-shirt designs, mm. Coca-Cola Homer Hotline, and it was just that was kind of that very beginning of a professional start, and then got into illustration and. Um, and from there, I mean, I, I, I graduated high school during that. I was, it was more art than what are you doing mm. in and around the art. And so, um, and by the time I was, when I, when I was done at, at about 22, I went to Houston. So, um, there was never a time where I wasn't doing that. You know, it wasn't ever a question of what were am you I like, do? Were you known as the art kid? Like, did ever, yeah. was it kind of like an identity? <laughs> it like, was definitely that because... You know, art art kids I think tend to be weird. You know, that's just their their label they get. And uh-huh. I certainly was an art kid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I was really shy. I was my head was always down. You know, I couldn't have told you. Uh, I couldn't have identified the faces of of any of my teachers except for three mm. main ones that that really those were the real teachers that really pushed their the students. You know, and um, and of course. One being my art teacher, Coach Tom James, and my English teacher, um, Elaine Laughlin, who was my uh, uh, English comp teacher. And she would force me to do things that I never let me have the easy way out. And, um, and in doing that, it wasn't that it was just this, what I felt to be some torturous thing that a, that a teacher was just you know having fun with. She would force me to, to get inside myself and push through any obstacles that I had. And then when she did, I ended up writing a Sestina. But she made, she made me write it. And she went through all of the, the process and got me published because oh. of that. So, it, you know, it wasn't just this, you are going to do this and, and then... Yeah, she saw, she saw a talent that she was she, trying to develop. Yeah, and, she uh. made sure that she was there. She made sure that she... That I, that I knew that she cared about it, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as my art teacher. And uh, King Hill um, was a theater arts teacher at Paladero. And although I wasn't in theater arts, but I was 
like you say, the art kid, and, and people knew that's what I did, and that's pretty much all I did, all I cared about. And um, so I ended up painting sets and mm. uh, t-shirt designs for the uh, Theater Arts Club, and, and that's where I met Mr. Hill. Who, and I'm in touch with, um, you know, Mrs. Laughlin and, and Mr. Hill even today. Really? You know, that's yeah, crazy. I, it is crazy. I just curated Mr. Hill's father's um, retrospective art show. Huh. King, King, yeah, King Hill's father, Jack Hill, and all of his incredible works. He had wow. bronze sculptures, and yeah, just beautiful. Bronze were they by any chance live in Perryton? No, uh, no, no. This um, okay. you talking about, Mr. Hill? Well, the dad. No, I think this was an uh, Amarillo. Okay, okay. Yeah. I saw we. Uh, I moved furniture part time, mm-hmm. and uh, we moved this guy. And dang, I wish I could remember the his name. But it was the daughter, and he was like a telephone linesman, mm-hmm. and he made bronze casts. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he did a really large piece for a city around here. What? And I'm, I'm butchering the story because I don't remember a lot of the details. Um, but he, she had a couple of those bronze pieces that he had cast, and they were, oh, okay. like, amazing. Well, you, are you talking about um, the W.T. White Buffalo? Was that the great big... No. He did I, that. He Okay. He the, did many, and they, he, uh, Mr. Hill just uh, dedicated, um, or donated, I should say. Um, he did a lot of things with Quanta Parker oh. and the Parker family, and he just um, uh, donated a beautiful bust of, of Quanta Parker to the city. Really? Emerald, yeah. Oh, okay. So there, and lots of ties to to that family and and, and area and native families and so, um, and that show was at the Guwahati. Okay. Yeah. Center. Yeah. I, man, I need to make it out there. Yeah. We oh, see it. I see it. Yeah, I really want to make kinds it. All of art. Is it is it child friendly? Oh sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's that's always have how I have to. A lot of this stuff, it's really fun having a little kid because it gives you yeah. an excuse to go do a lot of different stuff that you've <laughs> yeah. like wanted to do. You know, it's like okay, sure. well now I have a, I can take Emmett to go see yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of weird to go into Chuck E. Cheese by yourself. I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and sit there at the table drinking a beer by yourself like that. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of like, oh, <laughs> I really like the pizza. Yeah, you can't argue with Just a good video game. A you know, a little awkward. But, you <laughs> yeah, know. it gets a little awkward. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, um, what down in Houston? Were you doing art? Yeah, I, I had a couple of brothers that lived down there, and one of them being a jazz musician. Oh, so it kind of all went out into the family—a you know, bunch of musicians, and I pretty much ended up the only uh, visual artist. That's pretty know? interesting. That so, out of your family, were you the only shy one, or were because um, jazz? I mean, you have to be pretty. Social, right? Don't you think to be a, a oh, jazz musician? There, no? Yeah, there's lots of jazz musicians. They're you know, one way just socially, and then jazz does something completely different. Mm. Um, so you know, a lot of times you're just in the moment, in your head, in the, in the music. Um, you know, uh, my mom was an MC, and um, you know, she she did the she was a singer. She she headed as it were the band. And so there was a lot of, uh, between her and the audience, a lot of back and forth, and she, you know, very um, welcoming and inclusive and, and really relating, you know, really making a bond with them. And then she wasn't this, you know, jazzy mom, uh, you know, at home. It was a different, it was a, a, dis- a different personality. 
um, not fake, not, you know, it was just that it was toned down to a different level. She had a performance, so, like yeah. she almost had a, a character that she could put on. Yeah, it, it was, it was, she was showing you different sides of herself. So, you know, she wasn't, um, she wasn't doing that uh, when she was at home, but she, she pulled that out and it was part of her when she was on the stage, you know. Now, not that she wasn't a musician at all at home, it was just, she was mom. She was mm-hmm. uh, very personal, you know. It was personal, it was an individual thing, it wasn't Jolene Edwards, it was mom. Mm-hmm. And, but, uh, you know, I, I'd be practicing piano and um, she, I mean, it, it was very different childhood, I'll put it that way. I don't, I don't think many have this, but she'd be doing dishes and I'd be practicing something that she had played all the time, so I could, I heard it a lot, and could do a lot of it by ear. So I'd be practicing something like um, Ave Maria, and then my mom would be singing this operatic version of it from from the sink, doing mm-hmm. dishes. And here I am practicing. I mean, that's just not, not exactly the norm, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. My wife was talking about that recently, about how, since having Emmett, she's felt like her identity has kind of been like she her identity's been replaced. Mm. So she mm-hmm. was uh, an individual, mm-hmm. and now she is mom, which yeah. it's like almost like mom is standard. Like uh, every mom is a certain amount mom, yeah. you know. Like and and it's funny because it doesn't matter. It <laughs> Something doesn't, that's there until you uh, need it. Yeah, yeah. It it, it it so it it is interesting whenever you have like. Somebody who has a great talent, or I imagine like, I mean, I imagine you can even think of like a movie star or somebody who's super famous. When it gets down to it, they're probably on their hands and knees at some point cleaning up, throw up off the floor, (laughs) you know, because the kid, you know, like it's like, you know, you you can only transcend human, like humanism so much before it's like, it'll bring you right back, you know, you're going to get shit on in your life, you know, like literally. The good thing about music and art is that it accepts every piece of that, Mm -hmm. you know, it pretty much includes that, Yep. you know, it's it's just part of the human condition. Yep. It's part of the human condition. You can't. You can't get away from it yeah. in a certain sense. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. So when when did you switch over into like the street art or like what back – I'll jump way back to like my first question that I, I didn't ask because we just got to talking. But sure. how would you classify yourself slash your work? Like would you – is there a genre that you would like – Put yourself in a, and I know it's like, how can you ask an artist to like define themselves? But well, yeah. you know what I mean, I'm saying. Like it, you can, you there's certainly things that, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm a painter rather than a sculptor. You know that mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So definitely, I would say I'm a, I'm a painter, um, at my very core. And but I do, I do, tend to step out into conceptual. Uh, when I was, you know, young, when I was in in high school, I had certain probably just because of your surroundings and and different influences but you have ideas of what is art and what isn't and um you know what if if you have to follow certain guidelines and it's not art anymore or whatever and and so you kind of you get roped off after a while and um sometimes you, you may not want to try certain things but there's this I guess an amount of curiosity and amount of rebelliousness that forces you out of that anyway um certainly you know I, I was around a lot of people that didn't think um anything of performance artists or or any kind of conceptual 
or you know it was um, a fairly conservative area anyway so conceptual art was out of the question you know um, and but I think that curiosity kind of just moved me naturally into why not and and I want to know what it is and I want to see what it is and it changes your mind when you do that so you have an ability to create a ultra realistic um, depiction of something so now I don't have that ability right (laughs) so whenever I sit down to draw um, it's only going to come out as it comes out like I I don't I can't manipulate it Mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel like, did you have any worry going from like, uh, almost like uh, if I'm going to do a jump or if I'm going to do a trick, I'm going to do the best trick I know how to do. Sure. Well, you almost completely nullified the fact that you can do this great trick mm-hmm. and you, you started working with like, like the paper monsters, right? Mm-hmm. You, a child could draw that, you sure. know? So is there an apprehension making that jump? Like, like, uh, do uh, almost like. I don't know. It, you know, I, I think that might that might actually be um, come into question is about what makes an artist is um, because first of all, I, I think very just underlying everything is there's a total obsession. You're just obsessive about making more stuff. You know, you're you can't not do it, and I think that's probably that that's where that realm is where. You know, you have people saying, well, anybody and everybody's an artist as long as you think you create. And I don't subscribe to that at all. Um, because of these these things, there's so many different um, components that come into making that, one of them being that kind of obsessive quality, um, it becomes more like you, uh, I liken it to like a pair of lungs. You know, it's like breathing. And, um, and the other, there's another aspect of, of that which is failure because you're gonna fail a lot you're gonna fall flat on your face but it's that push behind you that keeps you doing it you can fail and you come back and mm-hmm. you're failing over and over and over and over and um, not everybody is gonna do that you know so um, and also just the the thought of there's something that you want you can either you see it in your head or you feel it or you want to get there and so obstacles are just just that they are meant to be um, passed over. So you either find you break through them, straight through them with your head down, or you figure out a way around it, or you manipulate it so that you can you know get to where you're going. Um, I think that that part of that is uh, and something that that also is there is fear. I mean you're constantly putting yourself out there to be judged on purpose. And yeah. So when you do something like that and you think, well, this may not go over well because it's not, you know, these kinds of artworks over here sell like hotcakes. I don't want to do that. I've got some, but mine may not, you know, mine gets, uh, somebody throw tomatoes at them or something. You know, you never know. But that obsessive quality right behind there is enough to push you past that fear and I think some of it, it has to be in your own mind that you, you just, you're going to have to overcome that. It's going to be there. And so, and I think most do, they, they constantly put themselves out there and knowing that more often than not, it may not be well received. Yeah, well, and, and there's like this certain, um, <clears throat> it, it's, it's kind of interesting because you even look at like the greats. Mm-hmm. 
very rarely was a great all of their stuff great mm-hmm. you know sure. like, like there's yeah, a lot of stuff that history yeah there's a lot of stuff history <laughs> forgot there, there might be 10 year periods yeah where history forgot it yeah. wasn't any good it didn't catch on that's and, a good point it you know when you see you think of greats people are literally only saying the highlights of their you don't see a bunch of the Man, this didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't hear Jimi Hendrix like plucking away on his bed, you know, like yeah. like messing up guitar riffs. Like, it, you, yeah, you it. don't. You only hear yeah. like these amazing recordings exactly. and the things that were curated in a sense. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, because that and that's that's also I think the hopeful part of it is that it kind of shows that the failures kind of they do eventually float away. And the things that really, you know, because, and that might be even what uh, a, a driving force behind that is that your success is, you may get one success with tons of failures, mm. but that one success is going to have much more power when it's a, a success. It just overshadows every other failure that you've had. Yeah, and you know that's coming. Yeah. You know that success is coming because you've put in the work long enough to know like, okay, I'm, I might fail and fail and fail, mm. but eventually I'll hit. But in, and you hope to. Yeah, unless I continue to. at it, yeah. it's not going to hit. And that's the thing is that if, if you if you are afraid of that and you 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 don't try anything new, that's the only way that you're going to absolutely know you aren't going to fail at, at at whatever. If you just keep doing the exact same thing over and over, and so, but the success may be immense. It may really really work, and so that. That right there mm. is what will push you past. At least, uh, you know, I can only really speak for myself, but um, that's what kind of pushes me past that. Um, I don't know, you know, this is kind of weird. This is kind of, but what if, you know? And so you you break through that anyway, and that's a lot of that has has done. I did that with, um, like you're talking about the paper monsters. Um, what if people don't get it? What if it and especially when you're mix, mixing the, the two extremes like I did, um, what if it, the, the chemistry didn't quite work? Because you don't want them to butt heads. You want them to really mix and get that, that kind of middle ground in there. And, I mean, you do that with everything. Yeah, you want it to be like a cohesive work, yeah. not look like it's... Yeah, and there's a definite work and didn't work, you know, and you can feel it. It's, it's kind of, to me, it's... There's very few times where it's like, well, that was okay. It didn't really. It's either man that that was mm. really there, or it just fell apart. That's interesting. So it's like a there's like a duality. There's a yeah. black and a white. It's either this or it is this. It it's is not, for me. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Now, others, you know, other people may have a completely different experience with it. Um, but I think the the fact that I do mix extremes, the result ends up being extreme too. Right. It's it's, you know, either side of it. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of interesting that you have... So, do you have um, people that you bounce your ideas off of? Like, do you have... Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, you have, like, people that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe will step in and be like, hey, nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do have that. But, you know, I think around artists, it's <laughs> it's very rare that someone says, oh, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like try friends, it. You want to try it. Yeah. Well, that's that's a lot of, you know, my, my, I don't know if you say social circle. I mean, it, 
that my friends, you know, that a lot of them are artists, and most of the time I get, well, why not? Yeah. Go for it. See what happens. You know, it's it's rarely ever, I don't know, I wouldn't do that. Because I just don't hear, well, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, they're they're not that type. It's not that type of community. It's not. It's not conservative. It's, yeah. it's um, well, in that sense, it's not a safe place. Yeah. That was, I couldn't stand to hear that word when it, when it can't, safe place. Oh, anymore. yeah. Um, because, you know, and I kind of getting off a little bit on that, but hearing that I couldn't believe that it was coming from places that were um, in the humanities and in visual art you know because it will kill your art instantly being in you don't you aren't in a safe place you know it's um, that's artists go into uh, they dip into chaos to get a lot of that you know where they're bringing their art it's very chaotic and then they pull it back into kind of this place of order to share it well, if you're constantly in a safe place, you aren't going to have anything to pull from. You aren't going to find anything. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's a it's an illusion. Yeah. Safe place. It's yeah. like nobody's it safe. Nobody's safe. Yeah. You're, you're not you're not safe from new thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're not safe from dying. You're, you're not, not safe, safe from yourself. From, yeah. You're not safe from yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the thing is, and that's a really good term to to call it an illusion because. You know, you cannot get away from yourself. And you're going to be in these places, even in your own mind, in your own head, in your own wonderings, where even if you want to, it's going to mess you up where if you you think, I want to find that out. And you have to go into a place where you've got to have armor sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know. How are you going to build that up if you never you know have that immunity that's working for you you never go into that area um you're just constantly uh you know wrapped in bubble wrap as it were emotionally and don't hurt me and i don't know i don't know of any art of any artist or whatever that i mean have you ever seen the the paintings of francis bacon i mean really yes yeah Um, they are massively terrifying um, they, a lot of them have, you know, he's, he's got this thing where uh, he's ma- massive amounts of teeth, really white teeth, and they're very distorted images. And now, you know, he had a, a very um, incredibly horrendous, I think, upbringing. Um, and so, and he dug into that, though. That's where you're seeing this, is that those, those really unsafe um, going out without a life jacket kind of places brings in that incredible work. So if you're just going to um, subscribe to this safe place thing and tell everybody else they need to be safe, you're literally ruining their possible artwork. Yeah. Well, and that that is super interesting um, in the whole I'm offended movement mm-hmm. or like don't offend me mm-hmm. movement. You do miss out this... Uh, it's like if you're going to ride a wave, mm-hmm. you're going to risk hitting the coral. You yeah. know, you're going to risk uh, wiping yeah. out. Like, And, and that's, exactly. that's what makes those communities so resilient mm-hmm. and so laid back, honestly. I mean, the, they face hey, it. yeah, you're, you're, you know what? You're going to crash. Mm-hmm. You're going to crash. Yeah. You are going to have a show where people walk through and they say, 
Oh, crap. Not buying and any of this. You read the newspaper, then wow, what a horrible, you know, can't believe they went for this. Yeah. It will happen. Exactly. So, it, so it's in, it's in more those. Than, it's, more not a, it's more or less a lie. Yeah. You know, it's not possible to be. And like I say, you're, you're, you can't even use the word preparing because that's not preparing. You're, you're keeping them from something that needs to happen. And I was just, um, mm. I was just looking at, uh, you know, you get on YouTube for a while, and, and I was watching some. I don't know if you you know who Marina uh, Abramovich is. Mm, not off the top of my head. She's no. just getting. She's she's sort of like just recently been seeing her celebrity. Finally, she's I think she's around seventy now, but she's a performance artist, extremely edgy, risky, um, you know, daring, all the time, pushing the limits constantly. And she she was saying something about um, all, all the artists. She, she thought that all the the wonderful artists had really messed up childhoods, you oh, know, yeah. because I don't, that's where you go. That's where it comes from, you know, and it gives them more material to work with. Yeah, I don't. I know? don't want to hear about your lovely childhood <laughs> spent well, with roses thrown at you. Yeah. She, who wants to hear about that? Who wants to hear about how nothing ever mm-hmm. ever went wrong? Yeah. You know, those are not the. Those aren't the. Yeah. That's not the music we listen to. It's not the movies we watch. I mean, like my favorite movies, it's disastrous. Yeah. Like ninety percent of the movie is is mm-hmm. somebody getting killed or about to get killed or being in trouble or you know like it's cliffhanger it, type stuff. Right. It's yeah. you. You want you want the visceral. I don't want to see what it means to be a boring human. I want to see what it means to be at the you extremes. Be by it. Yeah. yeah. You know that's. One of my my influences you're talking about when starting off in high school um, and being the art kid, <laughs> fairly you know the different or weird or whatever. Um, one of my biggest and still to this day uh, was and is David Bowie, mm. and so that's someone that was. I don't think there was a normal bone in his body. Yeah. As far as normal, he goes, kept it pretty covered you know? up. If there yeah, were a, a yeah. normal bone. <laughs> And constantly changing. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, I'm going to try this thing and let everybody get used to it. You know, he did something outrageous, and by the time everybody else was catching up to it, he was on to something else. Yeah. So. Um, he, like, lived He lived his life before it was cool. Yeah. Like, doing yeah, everything. Way ahead of the curve. Yeah. You know? and, and that's part of it. I mean, there was nothing safe about doing any of that. Being who he was and wearing the stuff he did and... and singing the music that he sung and writing what he did. I mean, you know, movies that he was in, he was constantly pushing the ticket. There's nothing safe well, about that. Yeah, and to say what you were saying, uh, you know, talking about the paper monsters and mm-hmm. stuff, David Bowie had the option. He was talented enough mm-hmm. to have the option of producing art and probably still being culturally big mm-hmm. and making money. And he had the talent, but he chose to be weird like it's like he, yeah. he went out of his way to to be the performance art and you that's know. the thing is that it he it was more it, it was less about him and more about the experience that he was kind of throwing out there you know because like you say he could have he could have done just the, the normal stuff that that was commercial and it you know well and he probably wasn't that weird 
Like nobody's you know, you, that weird. Yeah, you never know. All the know. time, you, you never know. He's drinking coffee in the morning, <laughs> yeah. like reading the paper. The same, you know, the same. Like it goes I know, back Salvador to Salvador Dali was pretty weird. Oh, that's true. I guess you, I, well, I've met a couple of pretty weird people in my life. You know, uh, that's a yeah. good point. But yeah, he probably was that weird. Now, now that you say that, yeah, but weird isn't bad. Weird can be fun. You know, it's just I, I think you're. Whimsical, like he's very, yeah. he's like almost whimsical. Well, with for his. some people, that's the thing. I, I think it, it's um, perception. You know, some people say that's weird because it's not normal. When that that person that's supposed to be weird is thinking that is not normal for me. Mm-hmm. You know that what they're doing is not normal. In fact, well, I it, feel very comfortable and normal when you know doing what I'm doing. Yeah, it brings up the whole question of what is normal. Like yeah. what, like. Um, which I don't know if, if the mic was on yet when we were talking about advertising and graffiti. But mm-hmm. like that to me is one of the <clears throat> like if I were to look back at this time and make like a horror film of it, mm-hmm. it would be the advertisement. Yeah. The advertisement yeah. that just it's con- it's so all advertisers are trying to do is get you to not even notice you're being advertised mm-hmm. to. And it's Very billboards and it's it's like our society has all of this. Um, it's almost like it's not even weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put up a billboard in the middle of a sunset. Yeah. It, like, we don't care about the sunset. All mm-hmm. that matters is you're making money, yeah. you know, or you're selling oh, yeah. your space or you're selling your um, yeah. your different uh, time. What got me talking about that? I don't even, I th- don't even know I what I'm saying. I think when we were on street art and, and was it a... Um, oh, normal. Yeah. So the normal is having somebody shove snickers down my throat or Mm -hmm. make me care about buying a new car Mm -hmm. or all of this stuff you know that's the normal yeah so whenever you get these people like david bowie or these people who live outside of normal yeah you start questioning the whole concept of do this shared experience you know of of saying can i even look at somebody else and assume that i am like them in any way Mm -hmm. you know yeah i mean that's a that's a good point it's um you know, it's perception. It's um, whatever the person individually is feeling. Uh, the other person is their, you know, their perceived definition of, of whatever normal or weird. And um, I kind of had the same thing when, even you know, going through high school and, and afterwards for a while. Um, I guess it never really stopped. But I, w- I was never doing anything like. Um, oh no. My father called me. Sorry. <laughs> that, yeah, that's real life. That's how real life hits you. I'll call him back in a minute. Dad, if you're listening to this, yeah. I should have told you I was podcasting. Sorry about that. I should have silenced my phone or something. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm right. sorry. That's terrible. Right. Technology sometimes just jumps in hey, and you grabs know, you. Hey, you have so much of it. It's, yeah. gonna, it's gonna meet in the middle. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Dad. Do you remember what you, where you're at? Uh, I think, okay, with, with talking about normal and weird. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, in high school, I, I wouldn't do the, like, everybody had a specific brand of shirt. They, they had a specific thing that they wanted. All And I was doing things like I would go to Army Surplus. It used to be uh, Tantalus was, was the, the place that, like, punks went to. And mm-hmm. they got um, ripped up jackets and, you know, patches. And, and I would get combat boots or, or jackets, you know, from thrift stores, wherever. And kind of it had that do-it-yourself theme where you you put your own individual markings on it you know it's spikes or, or customize it yeah spikes or, or 
safety pins or patches or whatever, drawing on it or whatever. And that was what I preferred to do anyway, was not the, that to me was normal, you know, to personalize whatever it is that you're wearing because you're you're showing who you are with it. It's like uh, almost like the the rebellion from the prefabricated life, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what the norm is. The norm is just try to fit in and try to assume, assimilate, mm-hmm. try to assume get the, the position. Get the latest thing. Yeah. yeah. Instead of trying to intentionally be uh, countercultural to yeah. it, you know, like almost going out of your way to saying, and I remember that in high school with music. Mm-hmm. So whenever I was junior senior year of high school it was the ipod had yeah. Yeah, that was that was the thing mm-hmm. and i always remember like it i didn't want to be like i wanted to be ahead of the curve yeah. i wanted to be listening to the stuff that nobody else was listening to yet mm-hmm. but that everybody eventually would think oh that's the best thing ever you yeah. know like i wanted to listen to it before everybody else mm-hmm. and then once everybody else caught up it's like, man, I hope I'm to something else by the time everybody else yeah. catches up. I hope I'm to that next, around that next curve or, you know. And yeah. and granted, I was listening to music that was all old. Uh, you know, like yeah. some of it was like wailed. And it's like, <laughs> wait, people have been listening to the Beatles for a long time. You're not, you're not countercultural here, you know. You're not yeah. breaking down the, the fans. yeah, you're not yeah. breaking down the walls by listening to, you know, yeah. something that's. Uh, but you know, it's it's almost like the I feel like that says something. Not wanting to be normal mm-hmm. says says something about what normal is, like or yeah. how you perceive normal or how you project normal, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. And I, I almost feel like, uh, not that I've never necessarily been like an artist, mm-hmm. uh, but that's always been one thing that I've I've identified with artists on is mm-hmm. that uh, almost sometime whenever. I don't want somebody to look at me and assume that they know me Mm -hmm. before they know me, you know? And so I don't want to be a prefab. I don't want to be, I don't want to be like categorically, yeah, looked at. But maybe that puts me in a box and labeled. Maybe somebody can look at me and say, oh, I've got this guy figured out because he doesn't (laughs) want to be the guy that you already have figured out. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, we have a huge discussion now with that, that identity is everything, you know, and, um, I mean, with me, I, I didn't I didn't ever think. Uh, um, I, I knew that I was different anyway. I didn't really belong, in, you know, anywhere. And which is probably why I, I absolutely latched on to David Bowie. And, um, of course, I was surrounded by jazz musicians. And, and it, the things that were important were just different. It wasn't um, your status. Um, were you popular or, you know, it was what you were producing. And, and I mean, I was just interested in things that weren't what everybody else was interested in anyway, you know. So um, I, I found myself fairly bored with things that everybody was kind of going with. I mean, I, 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 was, I would find these, you know, film noir kind of things, random from the library or, or whatever, and, and that to me was by far more interesting. It put me in a different place. It made me think about different things, right, you know. So, I mean, that I guess if that's the weird kid, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's just because um, whatever normal is is just majority, you know. There's not as many. <laughs> right. By a large number, there's not as many that are extremely different from that. that 
um, you know. But I think pretty much it's uh, the other one doesn't want to be the other one, the right. opposite, you know. So some of that, it's kind of interesting to me. Uh, one of the questions I had written down is like how much of art is voluntary, both the production of it and mm. the consumption of it. Because um, like you were saying mm. earlier with like graffiti, um, good – well, I'll say this with any artwork. Even if you go back – like I want to go to Rome and look mm. at the old school renaissance sure. and you know like yeah. any of that art, it's – I don't get to um, choose the yeah. emotional response that it elicits. Sure. It, it's imposed on me. It's like almost a violation mm. of my like personal sovereignty mm-hmm. because it elicits an emotion out of me that I can't choose mm-hmm. to either hold back or to you know whatever. You know it it pulls something from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in that, like how so where I where I go with that is like. You have a lot of people who, um, like, should I look at a piece of art if it's a if it is a piece that I relate to? Mm-hmm. You know, should I have to dwell on it to get it, or should it be instantaneous? How much of it is voluntary? Oh, is see. it? Okay. Is it? I you know I think that's just relative to the piece. Uh, um, I think certainly you 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 want to try to to come across as, as um, relevant enough to, to take up somebody's time. Um, now, it may be that if you stick around long enough, if you ask questions, if you take it in, um, if you just, I think probably blatantly just keep an open mind. But if you go in thinking, this is what I want to see, this is what I want to get out of it, and you go in and it's not exactly that, and you stop it right there and say, well, okay, that's it, and you leave, you're not open to the possibility of having something different happen mm. to you. So if you go in thinking, um, you know, I, I want to be uh, profoundly moved in some, you know, in this spiritual uh, realm this way, and you go in and it moves you into an opposite, you know, in... I think that depends on on how open you are to it. That's in so, yeah. Uh, do you listen to Wilco? Have you listened to Wilco any? The band? I uh, no. I don't um, they have an album called uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And whenever okay. I was in high school, I had a couple of friends. I had a lot of friends who really liked Wilco, mm-hmm. but that particular album, for whatever reason, I just didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Like I listened to the album and yeah. it just didn't do anything for me. Well, now. I listen back to that album. It's one of my favorite albums that mm-hmm. I've ever, you know, and it, it like now I get it, you know, sure. and, and it is interesting. Like that's always kind of been my rule. Like if somebody says, if somebody I respect or somebody who I admire says, Hey, this is good. Mm-hmm. And I don't initially like yeah. get it. I always am like, okay, I, I've got to come back to that until I get it because oh, yeah. they wouldn't lie to me. There's something there that I'm missing, you know. Like there certainly, I think there's an element of of um, influence, you know, because, and I think that happens a lot too. With if someone, you know, you read a lot of reviews, and I would do this. I guess I just have a, a rebellious streak that doesn't allow this <laughs> ever. I'll do it anyway. Um, but if you have so many reviews that, that um, by people say that you trust, 
and maybe they're just different than you, but they say, oh, that was just, you know, don't waste your time. Well, I think you're probably instantly already set up to, to not get it because you're already working on that. Okay, so something's wrong here. Something's not good. So you go in thinking that, you know, whether you're completely mm. aware of it or not. And so if you go in and it's just not what you're expecting but different, if you don't get what you're expecting, oh, well, that, they're right. But you're not open to the fact that maybe it's not what I was expecting. It's just something else. I think that's, that's huge. Um, going back to uh, Marina Abramovich, a lot of her, she had um, lots of different um, performances that she did as a performance artist. And they really, she got into really pushing the audience. It wasn't more, she was the tool, she was the art. But it wasn't about her pushing herself more than it was asking the audience to really do that with themselves. And she, you know, would put things really uncomfortable situations. And some people would be open to, okay, see where it is, because then you have to look at yourself. You, you have to let yourself feel whatever it is that you're going to feel. And it, sometimes it's scary if you're not expecting it. And some people would just, no, this is crap, it's not art, you know, I'm out of here. And so, and that's, that's about um, saying it's okay to feel something different or being in a, in a not safe place. Just let it happen. So, you know, I think some of it is involuntary, maybe more so at first. But I think you do have to tell yourself, if you're really going to take in all kinds of different uh, art and experience, and you have to, to just let, let go and, and let whatever's going to happen, happen. It's almost like uh, like one, one thing I've, I've started noticing anytime offense mm-hmm. pops up in me, mm-hmm. I, I'm always, I'm, it's, it's always interesting to watch it come mm-hmm. and then think, okay, why, do, why am I offended at that? Like, why is that offensive to yeah. me? And to sit in that offense, because like you were saying, it, it's almost like that adversity mm-hmm. of it, it pushes you to, the, to your, beyond your offense, mm-hmm. almost. It, it pushes you or to understand your offense. You know, that's, it's it's an insightful it's experience. A, it's an understanding that you finally reach, because, and so many, so many of us, I think, go about life like that. Is we don't even question. Well, why am I feeling this? There's there's a really um, interesting psychological. Uh, I can't remember the name of the professor that was doing this, but they were. It was about disgust that they were talking about, and questioning okay so why is that disgusting why why are you offended and you really couldn't get to a a definitive answer as to it was just almost instantly that's just offensive to me and you and you do feel it you Mm -hmm. feel oh my god no you know step back from that but you don't know well if i push past that like you're saying if you just sit with it and you ask yourself about it it may be that you are in fact not offended it, it was a different place. You were maybe influenced by something else. And you can really work with it, you know? Yeah, or what, what's... And that's what's interesting about, like, a performance piece. Mm-hmm. 
is <clears throat> I always think of uh, like a like Andy Kaufman or sure. somebody who's <laughs> sitting back and laughing mm-hmm. whenever no one else is laughing, mm-hmm. and that's what they find is funny. Yeah. They what they find is funny is that these people came here to laugh. Mm-hmm. I'm giving them something, and they're not laughing. Yeah, that's what's funny is it's almost <laughs> like makes a mockery of the. I don't know the the pursuit of mm-hmm. laughter or you know it's like yeah. well you want to laugh laugh like here's something to laugh at you yeah. know laugh at the fact that you're not laughing mm-hmm. which is kind of like uh it it's it's hard for as from like to to view performance as not being about the audience, mm-hmm. but being about the interaction between the art and the audience. Yeah. That's actually the art. Yeah. You know, it's like a it's like a third perspective. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And if you think about it, most most art is going to be viewed from the third perspective of people looking back at it. Mm-hmm. So the audience and the person creating the art only have so much to do with the ultimate view of that's like, true and, you know and that's that was part of with the the back alley gallery um it it was to me it was more like you're both walking from different directions and you're going to meet in the middle i could only do so much until i had to hand it over to them for them to finish the rest of it um i'm yes i made the art and and the uh, hung, hung the show and I made the hangers and and here's this concept. And I can be in here by myself, but it's a moot point to the concept that I'm that I'm doing. The audience is actually fifty percent of the the concept itself. Yeah. So, to me, you know, it's not even finished until the audience actually comes in and becomes part of the piece itself. It's interesting, like. For some reason, like Stonehenge, like flap, like flashed into my head, and it's like, how long have humans been trying to set up shit in an interesting <laughs> enough way to convince other people to show up and look at it? You yeah. know, like I, like I try to Why imagine. Why don't you want to come here? Yeah, like I imagine yeah. the guy at Stonehenge, and he's just like, what do I have to do? They just won't come. You know, it's like, yeah. dude, you're just not marketing yourself right. Yeah. You know, like just, knows about yeah, it. yeah, you just got to get the word out. And it's like, well, how do I get the word out? Put I was like, stones around yeah. Build yeah, what you need to do is make a miniature size of it. Yeah. We'll take it to the people and say like, look, it's this, but it's bigger. Yeah. You got to come see it. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, if it's you funny. dare. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. true. I mean, that's, that's really part of it is it's how, um, I think that's a, a whole, a whole conversation is in itself is how you're going to get them there, um, and and part of it, you know, are you are you taking something away from the art if you do certain things, and does it delegitimize, um, you know, part of it if you do it this way or that, and and that's some of that is, I mean, it, it's very personal because when I'm telling people look I've got a show in an alley I've got this concept and it's in an alley and um, and it's not the greatest part of town you know that you're not used to and it's at night and I and I'm asking you to trust me that's basically what it is mm. so you you kind of rely on some of it is just human curiosity to take them past that first realm of I don't know about this, you know, um, and 
another one is content. Definitely. Is it interesting enough to say, I want to see what that's about, uh, you know? And certainly, you know, I think that, I think that is a big argument for what art is and what it isn't. Um, intent and content is extremely relevant when you're talking about it. You know, um, and I think that's probably a good indication if, if people are like, uh, no, whatever. You know, it makes you question what it is that you're doing, how far it is inside you um, compared to, to what your concept is and how, how much it relies on the audience. Yeah, because nothing just happens like you have to make it happen Mm -hmm. so and that takes effort and then like you were saying earlier there's a lot of layers that go in Mm -hmm. that aren't the fun part of putting on an event like the fun part is everywhere yeah the fun part is having the picture finished and looking at it and saying damn that's pretty cool i'm hanging on a wall Mm -hmm. people are gonna like it that's this is dope that was a fun part of it, mm-hmm. but that's such a small portion of the overall putting together this larger event and getting it to be a coheat, you know, yeah. like getting all that. That's not as fun necessarily. No, I, I mean, I think, you know, that kind of goes back into to what it is um, when you're making art. It's, I don't know that I, that I think of um, this part is fun and this part is, it's kind of all one piece. I have to do, you know, I have to go from point A, B, C, D. So the completion of it. Yeah. It's not art until it's completed kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it. You have, certainly there's a concept there, but I mean, if everything is, is important, is as important as the, you know, any other component of it. So everything's very necessary. And when you're building it, that's, that's part of, that's, I think for me, that's really the the more joy or the more um, um, you know what what I enjoy about it is the actual making of it. It's mm. not okay. Finally, I'm done. I can't wait till I get to the end. It's actually building this whole you know it's it's the journey from A to to D rather than I can't, can't wait till I finally finish it and I've got D. Right. You know. Right. Well, and see, and, and in that, the success isn't necessarily, it's not necessarily in how it's received, even though that's a factor in it, but it's the fact that you know what all it took to get this thing completed. Yeah. And, and the fact that now it is complete, it's like, I did that. Like, I know what it took. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and it's and a the, success, even if, well, I guess maybe not even if nobody comes, but, you know, like yeah, it's, it, it's a success, <laughs> it's a completion of a concept. Yeah, you, you did complete you know, you saw it to the finish. Um, now, fulfillment, I guess, is a different is a different um, term. All all in that, but um, yeah, between between fulfillment and completion, I think there's certainly different. You have a technical aspect in any of it, um, and then you're going to move into a layer. Each layer is a different level. I would say transcendence. I think art is certainly. Uh, it's got a certain element of transcendence, and and that's part of it. Is are you being raised up by what it is that you're taking in? Mm. You know. So, and I think that's probably um, part of of the failure. Part of it is that you didn't reach that point. You know, it, it all kind of fell fell apart. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking to my wife this morning, like. 
was questioning the concept of like, you know, and it says uh, man was created in God's image. Mm-hmm. It's like the the question is, okay, what image are we talking about? Exactly. Like, is what it, is God? Yeah, what is God? What mm-hmm. is the image? And if it were we created in the image of God and the image itself is creation. Mm-hmm. So the reason that we're like different than all the other animals is because we create. And mm-hmm. that's the image of God is like mm-hmm. anytime you're creating and manifesting and like changing like why is it necessary why is it necessary to to hang a piece of art on the wall or Mm -hmm. what is even the art it's just a piece of paper with some lines on it that the Mm -hmm. brain projects meaning onto yeah yeah definitely so it is kind of an interesting it is i mean that and that's i think that's why it's so important to have art you know in as uh, just as human beings it's it's that it has that element to pull you up above whatever just the basic technicality of being human is it pulls you up into a realm that's completely um uh what you're completely unused to you know um you can get fairly spiritual i'm sure with that Mm. um i certainly think it is yeah so and and that's that's part of why I don't I don't think of everything as art and anyone is an artist I think there's um, it kind of negates a lot of the, the things that go on to make and, and it brings that standard down it pulls it way down to say well anything is art but what about all of these components that have to come together that makes it just it lowers it so much to say that the value of it and, and the intensity of it to say that this is art, and so is this you know, mm-hmm. thing that does absolutely nothing for me. Right. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. that is interesting. And that people don't realize that there is a certain amount, like uh, like you were saying, you gotta, you got to curate the art that goes onto the wall mm-hmm. to make sure that it's art. Like, yeah. to make sure that it's not just... Filler. <laughs> or, or, some, or somebody just trying to get, trying to get their rocks off, like just trying to... Get recognition or something, you know, yeah, just trying to... Yeah, it's, um, you know, you're, you're kind of poking at people just for the sake of a reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, Trolling, perhaps? Yeah, that, that, that would be a <laughs> pretty good modern term, um, literally just trolling. Um, and and that's, that's very anti-art, I, I would say, you know, because it's... Um, and I know that's not a popular view, but I think there's definitely um, a place where there is, you know, there is art and there isn't art. And the other thing about it is, is I don't understand why you absolutely have to label something art in order for it to be valid or relevant. Why does it have to be art? Why can't it just be creative? Why can't it just be beautiful? Why can't it just be, you know... We have someone that has never painted and then decides, you know, midlife that, okay, I'm going to start, you know, I want to do this because I, I just like the, the lifestyle, the whatever. And so they, they paint flowers and um, maybe on the weekend and they never do it again. And <laughs> there's none of the other elements that you know that I would say art really has in it 
But just because you say that's not art doesn't mean that that's an offensive thing. You painted a picture of mm-hmm. flowers. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's pretty. You like it. Art, art is almost the culmination of skill and intention. It like, is. There's, there's so many components. And, and like we were talking about with um, that obsession to, to keep making it. And failure is a component in it. Um, fear and risk. And, th- I mean, it's extremely complex. And I, I think that just saying everything is art really takes that away from mm-hmm. it. Well, and it's, uh, it's like music. Like, I've, I've got a few friends, when they, when they touch a guitar... Like, I was just talking to Shannon about this as well, because mm-hmm. I play guitar, mm-hmm. but my brother-in-law plays guitar. Mm-hmm. And we can even play the same guitar, and we're not playing guitar the same. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, his hands are artist hands. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't help. But even if he's even if he's doing something weird mm-hmm. or offbeat or, he like, it, it comes out, art like, beautiful. Yeah. Whereas... I can carry a tune and I can play guitar, but it's yeah. not it's not the same um like the the essence of it, like the behind it. He's mm-hmm. he's talented and skilled. And like tapping into something Yeah, there's yeah. all these there's all these things that have not to say that I can't play guitar for mm-hmm. fun or not to play say I can't even get better at the guitar. Yeah. But whenever we whenever we look at it, and if if I were to rank, mm-hmm. he does music. I kind of mess around on a guitar. You know, it's yeah, a that, different. It's exactly. A, it's a different dimension of of uh, transcendence of beauty of yeah. of uh, composition. That's I absolutely. Mean, yeah. I, I I absolutely agree with that. It's you know the, the I think the thing is is that we we're in a, a place where people think the opposite if they aren't included in whatever it like if you tell someone you know that this person is really good that doesn't mean that they're bad it means this person's good right and if it's the same thing with with um an artist you know artists are just born just like not everybody can be a surgeon that takes a person you know, there's something in those people that, but because I, I took a, a, a needle and picked a, a you know, thorn or, or a splinter out of my finger, I'm not going to say I'm a surgeon. Yeah, there, there's a, there is a, a professional realm. Yeah. There is a professional realm there that is. not everybody gets to be yeah. at. Yeah, and for it's sure. Not, that's the thing is it's not bad to say, well, you're, you're not an artist, but you're this or that, or, you know, whatever. It's okay for people to be different. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's okay for there to be the weird people, as it were. They, you know, they went through all of that. There, um, there's also a history and experience and, and um, failure and success and everything that goes into that. And that's a very massive thing for people that they just are. Well, and that's one of the things I was going to ask you because... Um, and you mentioned it earlier, you know, how you'll just see like somebody there, there are the graffiti artists mm-hmm. that I feel like are artists. Mm-hmm. And then there are just the dudes with spray paint that, yeah. who are like almost putting their name everywhere. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're almost like posing as artists whenever it's like, dude, what you're doing is not the same as 
it's not it's not on the that next level to where yeah um certain people almost can't mess up whereas other people almost can't get it right well, and you know? see that the the thing is is that i think what happens is you separate elements and then it becomes it, just having one of those elements makes it you know if you say art art has all kinds of different elements to it but if you just pull apart and say because creative may be one of those and you say well i've got creative so it's art but no, you need all of those components in order to make that mm, full piece. Yeah, it's it's risky, but it that's it. Right. Well, that's not art. It's just risky. Right. And it's just I I'm not sure why, but it has become this huge argument because you know you get so upset if you say, well, that's not art, but it's something else. I didn't say that it was nothing. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just fine to be something else. You know, um, artists artists live their lives being something else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. And so, you know, I think the the fact that it's kind of bittersweet that that you have to put the label art on it for it to be valid. But the fact that you're putting the label on everything invalidates it. Mm. So it's kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, we're actually at an hour and a half. Okay. And um, so we'll have to continue. I've got several other things that we didn't quite get to, so okay. we'll have to continue this conversation again. Well, I'll look forward to it. Um, will <laughs> you what what throw out your promotional stuff real quick? Like an event? Do you have a date set for any shows or? Um, I, I'm looking sometime towards the fall for for the the new back alley gallery. Um. And this is also, you know, that these things have to be completely built up. They're entire art shows in these things. So it, it takes a little while. Um, I've also got, I'm doing the, the mural at uh, yeah, 6 Yeah, damn, I can't believe, I <laughs> I don't, I guess I didn't write that down. But yeah, that thing is dope, by the way. Thank it's, you. And it's a very large piece. Yeah, it's a thousand square feet. thousand square feet. Within, yeah, within Six Car Pub and Brewery on, on 7th and Polk. Um, and basically what their, their uh, south wall is and it, and it wraps around um, from from one side of the mezzanine and goes under it and back up all the way up to the second story mm. and over to the, to where you go into the door. Okay, place. see, so I've I've seen, <clears throat> I guess I saw the start of it. Yeah. Um, and it's I saw that you posted on Instagram going. I saw the staircase. Mm-hmm. So is that where you're at now? You're working your way up the staircase. Yeah. And now go we've brought in scaffolding to. Okay. Because I've I've maxed out the ladders and <laughs> nice yeah so we're gonna be getting up there and then eventually i'll be at the stairs on top of the stairs because i still have that full wall to go up it's it's about 32 feet high wow so um harnesses may be in the future yeah you know? so yeah and i'm wow. not opposed to that yeah that's cool <laughs> that's an awesome uh it's definitely that would be a tricky area to get to i always yeah. like um i i don't know if i told you i'm on the fire department yeah. But yeah. so yeah, I'm always looking like whenever I'm like looking at places, I'm like looking like mm-hmm. okay, that looks like it'd be an awkward spot to have to try to access or get to sure. or you know, there's certain places that look very inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Um and then anytime I see high ceilings over staircases, that's kind of one of the things I always think is like, well, you got to set up a ladder yeah. on stairs which is not optimal, sure. you know, or you have to have sure. scaffolding set up, which then negates the stairs because mm-hmm. you got all the stairs blocked off and it's kind of, yeah, always... it, you know, that's, that's just one of those things where if you're, when you're making something like that and you've got a, you've got a, either an, 
not necessarily an end goal, but you've got the next step that you're going to be doing. Now, certainly I do have a, um, you know, I've got it drawn out. I have this design and within that I leave enough room to change or, or move things or add or, um, but I mean, you, you basically know where you're going. And so as you just keep going and you keep hitting, you know, you hit different obstacles, you just figure it out. Mm. That's where you leave it is, um, okay, when we get to that spot, we can fortify, fortify it here, or, you know, brace it from here, and um, maybe a harness, maybe this, and, you know, ladders that sit uh, unevenly, and certainly scaffolding is better yeah. for, for stairs, but um, that's basically where you leave it is we'll figure it out. Yeah, okay, so you got... That's a good. That's a good thing for people to see. They need to check out Six Car and Crush yeah, anyway, absolutely. especially if you're in or around the Amarillo area, mm-hmm. uh, just to see kind of the future swing, what the direction Amarillo is going. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That place is so much hand fabrication and um, things that are really made by people, and that's their their basic anthem is um, respect the past, craft the future, mm-hmm. and things like the the sinks are molded you know made out of cement out of molding with emerald bricks and there's steampunk lighting and um i mean it's just fantastic yeah it's a really cool it's a really cool area and not I, to mention they have fantastic beer by the way yeah they're, i talked to their own. i talked to grant the other mm-hmm. day and um so i'm at june jazz mm-hmm. and he said that they were just about to start I think that I think it was the next day. He said they were going to tap their yeah. their first, you know, produced out of that brewery and everything, which yeah. is pretty cool. So you drank that beer; it's pretty good. Oh yeah, I got I. That's that's one of the prices. You're oh, right there. Yeah. Now don't <laughs> don't nice. think that I'm wobbling on the ladder. <laughs> yeah, you know? I meant to do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> as the big streak falls all the way down. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, she was drinking. Yeah, I, I put that's a little funny. bit of abstraction in yeah, this. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, and then Instagram is Rachel, Rachel Edwards, Edwards with paint. With paint, mm-hmm. and then Facebook. Yeah, it's, uh, just uh, Rachel Edwards dash artist. And so, when you post these events, where are you posting them? Do you post them on Facebook? I, I do. You? I do post on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not on Twitter, um, so it, it's. And I think Instagram is a fairly uh, large reach, mm-hmm. so everything goes up on on Instagram and Facebook. And cool. Yeah. So you'll well, I'll share the event. I'll share. I got I the. That. I got a Panhandle, uh, Pan, Panhandle Primate podcast Facebook group, mm-hmm. uh, that I've been sharing stuff into, and so that's Fantastic. a little bit of a plug for myself. But uh, I've been trying to share uh, different events from Amarillo mm-hmm. into that group. That way, people can kind of have a spot that it's like okay, and especially keep up with the guests that I've had on. I'm going to sure. try to keep all the guests that I've had on. Mm-hmm. Uh, their events, you know, pretty awesome. posted and kept up with, and because that that is the thing is a lot of this stuff. It's more fun with the more people that show up. Yeah. And for Definitely. whatever reason, Amarillo, it's hard to hard to get people out. It is. It's it's hard to get that movement going. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to, to kind of push them into the. It's almost too laid back here. You know? it, it's very laid back. Like... It's very laid back, and and um, you know, and certainly there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's great. It. Um, you have much less to worry about here than a lot of places. I'm certainly grateful for that. Oh, yeah. Not to mention the space, you know. I uh, mentioned I used to just pine to go to New York, pine for New York. 
Um, but I don't think that I could live there now. I, I couldn't take that compact. Yeah. It, you know, when I feel here, I can see forever. Yeah, your personal breathe. bubble your personal bubble is very large here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For sure. Um, let's see. Uh, and did you, in your web, do you have a website? I do. It's um, www.racheledwards.com. Cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll link all those in the description notes yeah. of this uh, episode. And did you select a song to play at the oh, end? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. It's it's, it's got to be David Bowie. Okay. Yeah. yeah as much one. as we talked about it, That's, I feel like yeah, we had to. So. Huge, huge influence. So, yeah. which song? Untitled Number One, and I actually did a piece when I was, I think I was like eighteen or nineteen, and I did it to that song. I used to listen to that over and over and over. And it was fairly experimental that that album that it, that it comes from, uh, Buddha of Suburbia is the album, and I did a painting of that. And do you know Do you know the um, year? I think that was early two thousands. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, that it had to be right around that time because uh, I I did a piece to that, and had this whole concept that was kind of when I started even messing with conceptual art. I had this whole concept, and this was before internet was huge and, and all of the phones and everything. And I I thought, I'm, I've got to get to David Bowie with this. I so wanted to work with him and, just, you know, be yeah. in a space with him. And, uh, and my mom was acting as my manager at that time, and she actually got to his management, talked to them on the phone. It got to him. You know, it just ended up, they said, well... He's working on something else yeah. right now, you know. But that was my little brush. With yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that is cool. And mm-hmm. we'll see. That's one of the things uh, <clears throat> I feel like this new generation, uh, younger generation than me, you know, so thirty and younger, are never going to really realize the inaccessibility yeah. of celebrity. Yeah. In the day, you know, back in the day. Now you now have... to ask you for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have all these different lines and people are trying to engage and bring you in. You can send yeah. a message on Instagram to somebody and probably get a reply back. Maybe yeah. it's from like one of their robots, you know, but... Probably you know, robot, yeah. But, you know, you're... You at least... There's all these different lines, like versus yeah. a manager having to contact another manager, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, who has a manager? I don't have it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you do if you're a professional... That's true. It's you know, very dense. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, though, I think that when you finally did get that little Ooh, inkling, it was just yeah. immense. And now it's kind of like, yeah, almost, oh, yeah, I said hi to them on Messenger. The yeah. Other day. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're on my Twitter account. Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. It's, it was a, it's a much smaller world. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I appreciate all your time in hour 40. I think that this is probably going to be the record length on a podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, right. But at the same time, I didn't... It was a good, didn't, great conversation. Yeah, I didn't ever really feel like there was a spot that, uh, you know, we needed to nip it at. So, um, so uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, this is going to be David Bodie. Bodie. <laughs> David Bowie, Untitled Number One. Enjoy.
Something 